Hi, I'm Dr. Jan Jaffer, and this is Got Teeth, a patient-centric monthly podcast featuring local health experts. Welcome. Well, today is a special episode. We are going to be talking a little bit about the history of Trek and the 40 years at Ranchlands Dental Clinic. Um, we started back in 1981 May, and so it's been 40 years. And today I get to speak with my father, also the person who started Ranchlands Dental Clinic, in conjunction with my mom back 40 years ago. So, uh, Dr. Nirali Jaffer, thanks. Welcome. Um, you know, enjoying this opportunity to talk about where we came from. So, give me a little history. How did you end up opening Ranchlands Dental Clinic in 1981? Um, I graduated uh, my, uh, from London, England, uh, University of London, and uh, my first job was out in St. John's, Newfoundland as an associate. So I was out there for three and a half years and I was offered a teaching position at the University of Alberta in operative dentistry. I only lasted one year, one academic year, because I found out academia is not for me. I'm not, I'm not cut out to be a person that, that follows guidelines that closely when it comes to academia. And I found it kind of constraining. And a friend of mine had just moved to Calgary. This location came up in 1981 and I took the plunge and set up a tiny uh, three operatory office in May of 1981. Uh, uh, you were just, you were under two and I had another little baby that was only five months old then. Oh, so that's pretty cool. So, and obviously being a part of it, but not experiencing it being that young. I mean, that's a pretty big leap of faith to start a new clinic with a, you know, two kids under two. Um, how, why did you think that that was the right thing to do at that point? Uh, good question. And I really didn't know Calgary that well because I was in Edmonton trying, trying to make a go of, uh, of teaching, uh, which I, I thought I was successful at but wasn't enjoying. It was a total, like you said, it was totally a leap of faith because this was, Ranchlands was on the outskirts of the city. In fact, when I look across and I see schools here and I see playgrounds, I mean, when we started this practice, at the end of the street, there was farms and cows. Now there's a whole bunch of uh, uh, subdivisions. There's four lane highways going out west out of here. So it was a leap of faith, but we felt that being within the community and getting to know the people might help. And that did, you know, we started to, when Stampede came, we would dress up with Stampede, the old team. Well, initially the team was just mom. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, we all got dressed up and had breakfasts out here and we got to know the community quite well and it served us well to get going. So that brings back, that's a, that's a good point. So you started and it was just you and mom, two people running a three operatory clinic. Right. Mom was fortunate enough to be the office manager and the assistant at the same time. Um, to go from two employees and one clinic to now 20 clinics and 200 employees, I mean, that's a pretty amazing feat, um, you know, in terms of in terms of growth, in terms of you know exponential growth, really. So, how do you think that happened? What, what were some of the key things that that made that difference and allowed you to go? Because I know you started from three operatories, and then there was a couple of renovations right. until we got to this location here, where you guys can see in the background, um, which we rebuilt about ten years ago. Right. Right. So in fact, when you joined 19 years ago after you graduated, we were still in the older location, which is another part of this building. Uh, and that's 19 years ago was when we decided to go totally digital, paperless and x-rays were all digital and stuff like that. Um, I mentioned that because, you know, in a way the growth 
I would attribute the growth to the fact that I had the right kind of people working with me who saw the future, who's, who were willing to innovate. And I have to, have to be careful when I say this. It doesn't make us unique in terms of the fact that we uh, introduced a lot of new technology and innovation. In fact, back in 87, when computers were brand new to dentistry, we had them at our front desk doing all our, our insurance processing. And by the time 2002 came and you joined, we could take the leap to being totally paperless and, and having all our x-rays digital as well. So although the technology helped in creating systems, I attribute our growth mostly to the fact that I had people join me as time went on, dentists, hygienists, assistants, the, the whole team that were willing to step in and, and see the vision of, of us being able to serve more people, not just necessarily growth for the sake of growth, but uh, growth to be able to serve the community in different locations. So Calgary, obviously, from 1981 to you know now 2021, a, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of changes in the economy. I mean, for anybody who's been here, I mean, obviously, you know, energy has come and gone and come and gone. I mean, oil prices, um, you know, interest rates back in the 80s, like, things were a lot different. And yet, Ranchons has always had the ability to grow and turn into Trek, and Trek has always had the ability to grow. How do you continue to grow and continue to make sure that you are taking care of the people around you? Yeah, and that's a good point because 81, people watching uh, this podcast might not remember, was that's when Calgary had its first down, real bad downturn, just after I opened this office. Uh, there was something called the National Energy Program that Jean Chrétien brought in, and it devastated the oil and gas industry. And I thought, what am I doing? I just moved to the city and the economy is tanking. Since then, we've been through other ups and downs of 2008 uh, recession. And now we're in the middle of this pandemic. And yet, we seem to be able to hold our own. And, 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 and for that, you know, I'm very thankful. Again, I think a lot of that has to do with the people around us. But it also brings to the to, to my mind uh, something from one of Jim Collins' books where he talks about being great by purpose, is that he found when he was studying organizations that during more challenging and chaotic times, the organizations that do well and the leaders that do well during those tough times are, are organizations that don't change that much. They don't drastically change just because the environment changes. They stay true to their values. Uh, they put profit before before. I mean, they don't put. They put purpose before profit. You know, they put uh, the fact that they're more useful instead of you know being more useful instead of trying to get more for themselves. Being able to serve the community as servants because we are in the in the service industry. And so, I think weathering this these these ups and downs and these chaotic downturns of Calgary and yet managing to grow so much has a lot to do with staying centered, staying, staying values focused and, and, not, and not wavering from, from the fact that you have uh, systems in place and you have values in place that, that serve you well. So talk a little bit about the values. I mean, you know, we've, we've obviously created Trek as we've, as we've grown with, with a number of dentists. I mean, we've got some great partners in the organization um, and that's allowed us to continue to, to grow from Ranchlands into Royal Oak and into, 
you know, the, the clinics that we have now. Um, you know, when you look at values, I mean, what stands out to you with Trek and their values? Um, it's, 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 uh, it's interesting to know that we've actually incorporated our values into our name, right? So the acronym Trek actually gives our values, which a lot of people find interesting, but it's also important that the first letter in Trek is teamwork for T. The T in teamwork is not just and then sometimes, you know, everybody says, well, you have a great team, otherwise you can't run any organization or any office. It's more a matter of respecting the team. It's more a matter of nurturing the team and, and then appreciating, truly appreciating what they bring to the organization. And, and we do that very well, I think, in Trek, not just, uh, not just by, you know, paying people good wages or market wages, but actually showing our appreciation and getting them involved in a very strong value we have of giving back to the community, whether it's Calgary or internationally. And, and we create opportunities for, for these teams to, to give back so they feel good about the fact that Trek is doing this. And that in itself has helped us attract some amazing people to the teams. And, and, uh, and so I think the values, the first value being teamwork is very important. And with teamwork, when we talk about respect as the second value in Trek, the R, which stands for respect, is not just respect for the team and respect for the patients who walk through the door. It's really wide. It's, 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 it's at a core level. And that's why we call them core values. You know, you respect the person who delivers your mail, who delivers your dental supplies. The janitors, if you see them well, at the end of the day, if you're doing work, you, you greet them with respect. You treat everybody as somebody who has actually who not only has but continues to contribute to one's success so that aspect of respect then carries right through in how you talk to each other how you how you interact during the day and and you know i've had patients over the years say you know it's so nice coming here because everybody seems to get along mm -hmm. and you know you might think well everybody gets along everywhere but they don't there are organizations shops retail organizations you go to that you can feel the tension. You can feel people are not enjoying themselves. Whereas I think you find with most Trek offices that you actually get the feeling that people are happy to be there. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's part of that respect that comes back to you when you give respect. You know, and the other values of exceptional dentistry and continuous improvement, those are values I think any service-based organization should have. So the fact that we do exceptional dentistry and when we strive to continuously improve what we do, I think comes from our professional uh, responsibility to our patients because you would want your doctors to be the most informed, the best trained, the ones that continue to improve their skills, the ones that seek mentorship in, in ways so that they can improve their clinical and their manual skills in addition to the to the respect area and the personal skills. And, and I think Trek is unique in that, uh, the fact that there's 20 clinics with uh, pediatric dentists involved as well, and, and dentists with different levels of uh, expertise in different aspects of clinical dentistry. Like you might have dentists who are amazingly good at doing uh, uh, 
Invisalign or, or doing root canal treatments or doing cosmetic treatments or doing very good restorative dentistry and functional treatments and treatments that treat the jaw problems. And, and everybody has this expertise in the group. And what it allows is for new dentists joining us or even existing dentists who wish to expand their knowledge, there is already a built-in group of people that are willing to mentor you. And I think you, there's so many good points that you've brought up as you've talked about that, the whole respect factor. It goes back to a, a quote that I always remember from Richard Branson that says, you know, take care of your people and they will take care of the patients and they'll take care of the clients. And so, you know, that's a big part of it. I mean, you, you brought up technology and, um, you know, another quote from Jim Collins where technology is an accelerator. It doesn't make us different, but it allows us to grow at a, at a different pace because we've always been, you know, slightly ahead. We've always, you know, the digital x-rays, having them back in, you know, 20 years ago, we were digital. It makes such a difference to our patients and to the experience that they have. Um, you know, now with intraoral scanners, we have intraoral scanners at every office. We don't take regular impressions. Um, it really does, you know, make a difference. And then we always want to get better. And we do truly want to get better because it's innate in who we are. I mean, how you've trained us and we have the ability to get better because of the people around us. And we have some great mentors. So one of the other things that, that I truly enjoy about being here for so long is that, you know, when I, when, when I was, you know, little, obviously went to school, I went to school at Ranch Lodge Community School. So been a part of the community for obviously 40 years. And, and one of the cool things about coming to work is, is seeing that longevity of the patient. I mean, just recently, um, I had a patient come in and I'm now, that I went to elementary school with and now we're seeing her kids. And you know, and you saw the mom because that's how she got in here. So we now have three, actually in a couple of cases, four generations of patients, you know, coming through the office. And to me, it speaks to, you know, how you treat people as they continue to come back. Um, and it doesn't matter where they are in the city, you know, Ranchlands uh, hasn't been a growing, you know, community in Calgary for a number of years, probably 20, 20 plus years. And yet Ranchlands Dental Clinic continues to grow as a clinic and, and then has obviously you know, got the rest of the Trek clinics. Um, I think there's a pretty cool story and you can maybe tell us a little about it, but one of our dentists that we have now um, <clears throat> and how she fits into the organization. Yeah, because uh, she's now a, 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 an associate dentist, a dentist at this clinic, but uh, when she was like four years old as a, as a, as a pre-kindergartner, she used to come here with her mom and follow me around. And at that time, uh, Shelly, Shelly used to think that this was the neatest place. I mean, this, we were in the old office, it was smaller, and she'd actually follow me around. So while mom was waiting to get her teeth cleaned or with the hygienist, this little four-year-old would actually, was, she was quite, she wasn't shy at all. So she'd follow me into other operatories where I'm seeing other patients. So I usually used to have to go in and say, I hope you don't mind, this is not my daughter, but she's just a patient in the office. And, and Shelly, from that point, used to tell her mom she wanted to be a dentist. So I would say that we create that kind of family environment. You know, we used to call ourselves Gentle Family Dentistry as our logo, which is so cute, so old school now. But it, it actually does resonate when you start to see fourth generation kids coming in, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, and uh, I, I think that's great that you're still seeing them because I've... I haven't been seeing patients at Ranch Fans for a few years now, but it's nice to know that that growth is continuing. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story from a four-year-old to now an employee of the organization and associate right. with us that's working as a dentist in the clinic, you know, fast forward 30 years later. Yeah, right? so. it's quite something. <clears throat> so one other thing that I think 
you know, has continued to make us an organization that, that people look towards as, as I feel leaders in dentistry is the social responsibility, the value of social responsibility. I think it's something that, you know, when you look at Trek, when you, you know, look at our websites, when you look at the things that we do with our team, you know, social responsibility is a part of the organization to the core. Um, you know, when I, when I talk to people and when we're interviewing new dentists and we're interviewing new staff, <clears throat> I ask them, you know, what about Trek attracts them to want to come work for us? And one of the big things that I always hear is the value of giving back. Um, so talk to me a little bit about, you know, where that's come from, how you have nurtured that in, in, in myself and, and my sister and, you know, obviously the family, but also in the entire organization, because I think it's a big part of what we do and, and how we've also continued to help people both locally and internationally. Yeah, and, and I think it comes from your upbringing. So, I mean, I, you know, I come from a family that was always uh, very involved with the community in terms of volunteering. I, I, in fact, I was 24 years old when I was uh, the youngest Rotarian uh, in St. John's, Newfoundland. And, uh, and uh, it carried on from there when I moved to, to Alberta, uh, you know, I got involved with Rotary again. Uh, I remember I was, I was only 20, I, I just opened Ranchlands and uh, uh, four years later I became, uh, they made me a director for international services for Rotary Calgary. And I raised enough money to donate 80 ambulances to Honduras. And I was only 32 then, you know, so it just, it just came naturally that if you have an opportunity to make lives better, why not do it? If you have the skill or the opportunity or even the way to raise funds or, or donate your time. In fact, when we moved our clinic from the old location to this current one, all our equipment that was useful, a patient of ours was running an, uh, an orphanage in Juarez, Mexico, right across the border from El Paso, Texas. So he came with two big trucks, took all our old equipment and set up a dental clinic in Juarez. And he made me promise I'd come and work there, which I did. I only did one kind of long session there, but uh, I kept my word to, to Arnie. And so what happens is that I then got involved with Partnership Walk, which is one of the biggest uh, organizations which you head now. So I think it's, it's almost in your DNA that when you have the opportunity to serve others, you would do that. And I think by, by just doing that, people see you doing that. And therefore, I'm so proud of the fact that so many of our dentists, assistants, hygienists have stepped up to do uh, work with CUPS in Calgary, with the Kindness in Action and Dentistry for All out in South America. And you've been on, I don't know, what is it, 14 trips now, including Tibet. And so I think that that does make us unique because we do put a lot of emphasis on giving back. Mm -hmm. both locally and internationally. Yeah, that brings another thought to my mind um, from Simon Sinek, somebody that I you know, truly admire in terms of what he does. But you know, people will ask, well, why do you sometimes show the social responsibility you do? Isn't it better to just do it for the sake of doing it? And one of the things that Simon talks about is when you actually help somebody, um, there's actually three people that experience that. Obviously, the person that you help get something out of it. The interesting thing with volunteering and anybody who's volunteered knows this, the feeling that you get by helping somebody actually makes a huge difference. 
But one of the things that people don't realize is the person that experiences it. So if you see me help somebody else, you just feel better by experiencing. And so the fact that social responsibility is a big part of what we do, but also a big part of you know, trying to motivate other people to do it, I think it is important to show people that it's possible to do, that you can get up and you can do something as small as it is, because either it's time or money. And generally people don't have both, but they, they usually have one or the other. And so one of the things that I think has made that difference is making it easier to help people. And that's one of the things that I think we try to, you know, talk to a lot of people about is, you know, make it easy to help, whatever that ends up meaning. I mean, one of the cool things that we, you know, did a number of, just last year, and we're gonna be doing again here soon this year, is, you know, who wants to lose five or 10 pounds? And I always bring this one up because it's the simplest thing. Everybody says, I wanna lose five or 10 pounds. And we take that and we say, in your closet. You know, if you could take five or 10 pounds of stuff out of your closet and donate it to a shelter that's close, what does that take from you? Nothing, it's stuff that you probably never wear. But by creating a system and, and, and motivating people to do that, it helps so many other people and it really doesn't take much. And I think that's some of the things that, that you've brought to us is make it easy, make it easy for people to help because if it's easy to help, then people will do it. Yeah, and, and lead by example. I used to feel the same way and uh, you know, and like Simon Sinek says, I, I, I really believe that because what I used to do was do a lot of this stuff uh, People don't even know about this clinic in Juarez. I just mentioned it because we mentioned about the move, but I used to believe that giving should be truly altruistic and selfless, which it should be. You know, the Dalai Lama says that true religion is just give, just give love and that that's religion, right? But then I did find when I made it easy, when I started a charity called I Read that that has so far built 28 schools in Africa and Asia for early childhood development, that by making it an organization that people could just click onto the website and donate, I wasn't actually going out so much as fundraising. I was just doing the work that I do and people that were helping me do it. But now I'm finding that people are coming to me and saying, we want to be part of it because I'm making it easy to be part of it. There is some authenticity to it. Uh, they realize that you're not doing it just to show off that I've got 28 schools. You're doing it because you really care. And so if everybody sees giving back as true altruism, something you're not gaining, you're not really looking to gain out of, you still gain so much more. But that third person, like you said, the person that's watching, that's watching you do this by example, will eventually get involved. Mm -hmm. And that is the beauty of Trek is that Someone who joins Trek may have been interested by looking at our website and saying, wow, these guys do amazing stuff in Honduras and Guatemala and Tibet and stuff. I'm not into traveling that way, but I think it's neat. Well, lo and behold, five, six years later, they find themselves in Guatemala, right? So it does happen. Yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, I think it, it talks a little bit about how we got here, um, you know, where we come from. I mean, 40 years, I mean, I'm you know, turning 42 this year. So, I mean, this place has been around as, as, as long as I have. And it's a true testament to your, you know, what you brought to, to dentistry, what you brought as a person to the organization and, and really as a leader of the organization, you've allowed us to do the things that we can to make a difference in people's lives. I mean, we do it through dentistry and we do it through so many other ways. And, you know, we appreciate that. And I think it's a huge celebration. I mean, I think that we have to, you know, make sure to celebrate. I mean, it's, 
it's difficult during COVID times to celebrate, but, but taking those times and to celebrate, you know, those important milestones in life is, is, is really important as well. And so thank you for your time. I, mean, I think this is awesome. It's always uh, fun to talk about where we came from and how we got here. Um, and so, yeah, thank you again. So maybe in 10 years, I'll interview you for 50 years of track. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for your time. Thanks.